1: Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you so much. Um, And, Benny, uh, let's just let everybody know that this is not my typical Dr. Pat intro. Correct. Yes. We're throwing it back. (laughs) We're throwing it back. And there's a reason. Go ahead. Yes, you have the floor. And there's a reason. That That is true. Um, let me tell you, in general, everybody, let me tell you a little bit about what's going on. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because we've got a really special show today. Um, what's happening right now in the world of media is actually unprecedented for me. Um, we're going through a time now where we're being watched by the music we play, um, where If you don't have a license or permission to play it or to say something, believe it or not, artificial intelligence for all of the social media companies has gotten really good. It's actually a little creepy. It's actually like creepy. That's how good it's gotten. And so we have had to change up my intro after 17 years because... I actually got permission to use clocks, but I'll be darned if I can find an email from 15 years ago buried somewhere on some computer computer that crashed. And I actually got it from their fan club. So what you now hear is a version intro for the show that Nick Johnson personally recorded. And so in the world we're living in now, There are so many nuances and new things that we're having to be mindful about. And I'm actually going to do a show on that. Linda's trying to find time so that we could tell you why we're doing certain things. But none of that, none of that gets in the way. And I want to just shout out to Olivia and Jessica for stepping in today. Poor Jacob is a little bit under the weather, so to speak. And they are just stepping in today. I've got a great team of people. But I will tell you one thing that has been a guiding light for me most of my life. Now, certainly I'm surrounded by amazing people. There's no question about it. I am not here talking to you or Marguerite. I am not here talking to anybody without my two-legged people helping me. But I have to tell you, I'm not here talking to anybody. Uh, without the help from those that we cannot see, especially Mary. And we're going to talk about that. Marguerite is joining me here today. Dr. Marguerite Rigoyozo is joining me here today to talk about the mystery tradition of miraculous conception, but also Mary and the lineage of virgin births. And we're talking about this in a, in a whole new way. Now look, movies have been made. I don't even wanna call them documentaries, but let's just say theories have been presented. But when you get somebody like Dr. Marguerite joining us here today, who writes a book and is called, and we're gonna find out how that calling happened, but is called to this place to be the foremost authority on the history of virgin birth. You always wanna stop and listen. It is just an honor to have someone like like Marguerite joining me here today, um, to have somebody that is so passionate about this that her fantastic book helps us understand what people call an intuitive knowing like an intuitive knowledge, like something intuitive. And, you know, this is, for many people, this is something that growing up, some of us have had to deal with. Um, Growing up Catholic uh, in Italian, Mediterranean, South American, Catholic family, there were some things you said, and then there were some things you didn't. So if you ever said you thought Mary Magdalene was your sister, that probably got you sent to the priest. If you thought you were talking to one of these people, then you probably got to see the bishop. Then if you're me and you claim to have heard Jesus speak, you get kicked out of Catholic boarding school. But times have changed and all of us have grown. But what is it that we feel so deeply? And I'm not saying that men don't feel this, but what is it that we feel so deeply? And I know as women, we feel it deeply, that we just can't understand and we just can't explain, but we know it when we know it. Dr. Marguerite, it's great to have you joining us here today. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Pat. It's great to be here, and it gave me chills when you said we also have to honor the beings on the other side, Mother Mary, that, that really hit me.
1: You know, I, I want to talk with you a little bit, if I could, about what I said. I, I, I would like, first of all, I, I want to find out where your passion comes from, but I want, I want to get you to really weigh in in a minute on this intuitive connection. I mean, I saw it in my grandma. I saw it in my great-grandma. I saw it in grandmas on both sides. They would drop to their knees. Just, you say, Mother Mary. You, they were just something. And, you know, as kids, we never had to say, oh, that's why they do it. You know, when Grandma Bellella dropped to her knees for Mother Mary, everybody in the family dropped. Nobody understood why they were doing that. Can you talk about that connection we seem to have that obviously you have?
0: Yeah, you know, I absolutely can, and this is something that people will not hear in other interviews because this topic just doesn't come up. But particularly in the Italian tradition and the Italian-American tradition, as with many European cultures, there's a whole tradition of Indigenous knowing. There's a whole pre-Christian tradition of goddess veneration. And so when the Christianity came around, it just slotted over that. And when, when people connect with Mother Mary, they're connecting with that ancient goddess. And that's why you and your family knew this was serious business when your grandma dropped to her knees, you know, because she was connecting with that ancient goddess, that Mary is a manifestation of, you know, one of the more recent manifestations of, but there's power in that. Your grandmother knew it, your mother knew it, your aunts, whoever, going back to the times when they were doing magical practices themselves. You know, I come from a family in Corleone. Believe it or not, Sicily. Do believe it. I found out that my great grandfather, you know in Corleone was the town healer. And I found this out after I did all this research on what they call stregoneria, or witchcraft, so to speak, but not in the negative way, that that was going on in in Italy and Sicily for generations, centuries, if not longer, and really came over here in, in in the United States there are people who still carry what they call the old tradition you know i've met these people i've worked with them uh, i interviewed them and so forth so for us and for many people around the world mary is just a version of the goddess that all of a sudden came on through the imposition of this other religion and we said okay we can get with her and this is all over the ancient mediterranean world south american world you know there are processions she becomes a number one even bigger than jesus and so i mean back in the day when i was growing up a catholic girl um you know i appreciated mary but in a way i didn't want to have anything to do with her just because of the implication that it meant you had to be a virgin you had to be you know a certain kind of way that was the main thing that i didn't i didn't really like about her Not to mention that we didn't really see who she really was that I've only found out through my research and this book that you're talking about, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception. So, you know, um, it's taken me years to really get back with her on that deeper level. That speaks to what your grandmother instinctively knew, right? Like I had to go to grad school, to get there. I had to, I had to be carrying carts of books back and forth from my library at California Institute of Integral Studies in order for me to get back into a heartfelt, womb felt connection with Mary. And then when I united my intellect with that deeper knowing that you're referring to, then it became a situation and it's resulted in this book.
1: You know, what I love about this is, you know, I was reading your book and a light bulb went on for me and, you know, and I want to talk with you about this when we come back from break. But the light bulb that went on for me, I thought about my own journey and really battle with finding my own truth in spirituality um, the good news for me, some people say it's not so good news. I actually see it as good news is after my mom passed away, my dad remarried a Southern Baptist woman, but she was not your, how do I say? She was different. She was more of the positive side of life. And I got this really interesting blend at a very young age and a very different view But somehow, even in my struggle, I never turned away from Mary. I may have turned away from a bunch of other folks there, uh, but I never, ever turned away from Mary. When we come back, let's talk about why I'm not alone in that. Why there are so many people, no matter what they've said or walked away from or connected to, no matter what their spiritual, religious practice is, there's one thing that I rarely hear. I rarely hear that anyone is mad at Mary. (laughs) Rarely hear that. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a new idea, a new idea of Mary's divine birth of Jesus and why is it so many of us connect with that so many of us stay tuned we'll be right back with Dr. Marguerite join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire educate and empower Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher passionate speaker published author and founder of the empower network Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to
2: corneliastephanie.com. The Finder of Lost Things, exploring your superpowers of trust, healing, and transformation with me, Hannah Belton. When my brother Christian went missing, I completely denied my grief. We can either transform and transition Or we can stay stagnant this podcast will uncover the process that christian and i went on to find the lost things him and to find the parts of me that were missing and there's things that are missing in you that prevent you from letting go whether it's a person a dream a lifestyle that process of trusting and finding the lost pieces and and integrating them That's where you get your sustainable transition that will carry on. Tune in every Monday at 9am Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You can find me at HannahVelton.online.
3: Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at MeganEdge.ca.
0: Hi, I'm Laura Goldstein, and here's a Coffee with the Universe tip. It's no secret that anxiety and overwhelm are on the rise. While the tendency is to suppress these feelings, anxiety is really a messenger that's telling you something is off, very off. You might be shooting yourself and living a life based on someone else's expectations. Maybe you have trouble saying no, or maybe you're following the fearful voice in your head that demands you do more, be more in order to feel worthy. So see where you can make a few adjustments in what you're doing to get rid of the overwhelm and create more peace inside instead. To get more tips like this, tune into my Transformation Talk radio show called Coffee with Universe. It's a live call-in show. I'd love to chat with you.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. I am joined here with Dr. Marguerite Rigoloso joining me here today to share. Yes, it's about her book. You know, yes, it's of course about, you know, the mystery tradition of miraculous conception, Marian Lineage of Virgin birds. Of course, it's about that. But it's also more than that. Because once you read the book and then once you take a look at what Dr. Marguerite's path has been like, you get a sense, just like many of us, that there is a calling at play here. And once we heed to the calling, once we say yes and put one foot in front of the other, miracles do happen. Before we go, how do people get a copy of the book and how do they find out about you? Let's make sure we do that. Uh And then, Benny, I have one copy of the book to give away during the show, too.
0: Perfect. Yes. So people can purchase the book wherever the book is sold, wherever books are sold. The Inner Traditions website, Amazon.com website, Barnes & Noble, Indie.org. And I just learned today that the Audible version is in pre-order now. The print version is available in the U.S., there is a sale for I don't know maybe another day or two on the ebook, mm-hmm. uh, which is only two ninety nine, and so again you can check on Amazon for that for that ebook and really everywhere it's now on, on Audible and if people want to know more about me they can go to my school seven sisters mystery and the seven is written out S E V E N and there. You will see many, many rich free resources um, about Mother Mary, about many other topics, and you'll get a sense of what I've been doing in the school, the classes that I offer. I do have one on the Mother Mary mystery teachings, how to get in touch with me, and uh, book private sessions, that sort of thing. So thank you for... Letting me do that as well. Thank
1: you. And Benny, let's go ahead and give the copy away if we could 1 800 930 2819. So, the reason I wanted to start out in the way I started out is because I really think that the discovery and what you're bringing forward has broader implications for women. I think as women, we intuitively feel it, right? It's hard to explain. Um, And we also feel when our power is being diminished. Right. And so, you know, let's talk for a minute about what this journey was like for you, but also let's talk about how special Mary is viewed in the world, is felt in the world. And also, when we think about this, what we have come to read about Mary versus what we intuitively sense about Mary.
0: That's right. And not only that, but there are many other documents that have been written about Mary besides Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that's the one that I look into in my new book, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception. Dr. Pat, I look at something that that is called the Infancy Gospel of James. That is the Mm -hmm. treasure trove that tells us about Mary's divine birth from her mother, Anne, It's where we first hear about Anne, Mary's infancy training in divine birth, her training in the Hebrew temple, and then the conception ritual by which she conceived Jesus. Now, even though our Catholic Church rejected this gospel and said it wasn't official, and it used it as the basis of these feast days, it used it as the basis of Mary's presentation in the temple... Mary's birth, uh, you know, right? So it's been there all along. And there are other biographies, believe it or not, old biographies, you know, that go back to the first hundred years of this, of the first millennium that tell us about Mary. So we, what I did in my work is I combined that intuition that I started developing about Mary, that you're talking about, that all these people around the world who honor Mary and have feast days to her and pray to her bigger than Jesus, you know, I combined that feeling that I started developing. And and when it came back to me is, believe it or not, when I was in grad school, and my one of my mentors was Charlene Spretnak. And she also has written a book called Missing Mary. Yeah, she had a devotion to Mary. And I'm like, Oh my gosh! An intellectual woman who has a devotion to Mary, and it was so heartfelt that it it opened the door. It gave me permission to get Mary back. Right. So that was like stage number one, as I was studying goddesses of antiquity and and you know all of the other living goddesses. I realized Mary's a goddess too. I'm into the goddess. Mary's a goddess, right? So what is she all about? And you know from there. Um, As I started going into this work about divine birth, that's my main research. That was my dissertation. And my first book was called The Cult of Divine Birth in Ancient Greece. So you see, I knew all of the signs and symbols of what virgin birth was and how it was done across the ancient Mediterranean world and beyond. So when I set my eyes on this infancy gospel of James, which, by the way, was originally called Birth of Mary. Wow. So I correct that record in my book. I knew what I was looking at. I knew the the jewels that were coming out of this treasure box. I knew how to interpret them and understand them and write about them for other people so that thinking people could at last marry their intuition about this divine birth thing with something that made sense. Yeah. So it's not just a blind faith now. It's not just, well, I guess we have to swallow that this was something miraculous. No, I give a kind of a biotechnical explanation of what she was doing and how this was a whole training, right? So, you know, this I think is gonna assist so many people who do look at Mary in an intuitive way and like many, many people have done with the Magdalene over the last 30 years, right. Right? you're aware of that whole movement. Yep. Well, this is the unveiling of Mother Mary, another Mary, right? That we have yep. needed because she's the foundation. She's the mother. She was the teacher of all of them, right? And these are the things that I learned in all of this exploration of these books. Right. And then, you know, I've had my own mystical experiences. I've had miracles. Mary healed my womb of a tumor. She healed my, uh, she um, got me my house. Okay. She's been, she's been there for me. You know, she's there. Like if you start opening the door to her and say, mother Mary, please let me connect with you. You will have things start happening. You know, she has been a great teacher for me. She has held me at night when I am freaking out, you know, before COVID and during COVID when I, we don't know what the heck's going on and, and all these family relationships are fracturing because everybody has different beliefs and I'm there, please hold me. Not only that, but I ask her to put me in her womb and that's where I go when I go to sleep. Yeah. That's how I have protection at night. When I'm, you know, when I'm going to sleep, I put her, then not only is she my healer and protector, she's my mentor because I'm like, mother Mary, how are you doing it? How do I address this family member that I'm in disagreement with? How do I address, you know, this situation that, that is a challenge to me, please show me. And I begin a conversation with her and anyone can do it, you know? So we're talking about mother Mary for thinking smart intellectual, savvy people who are willing to open to the mystery, all right? This book helps us go through a new doorway with Mother Mary so we can access her on multiple levels, and we can make sense of this virgin birth business finally.
1: Yeah. You talk about it as the um, suppression of uh, Mother Mary's gospel, I believe, in your book. That's the reference that you you talk about it. And what a beautiful selection of words, because you see this idea of suppression is really out in front uh, of, of all of us right now. And, you know, it's so interesting you brought this up about praying to Mary, about family and families being torn apart. I have to tell you that... I had to do a little praying the past couple days because, and you know, it's interesting what I find myself praying to Mary for. And a lot of times it's clarity. And I found that interesting in reading your book. You know, I don't, there's not a whole lot of other people. I have a saint for this and maybe an archangel for this, but when it comes to clarity or acts of integrity, it is, it is Mary. And that I, I look towards. And I found myself, and I have a statue of her that I keep out all the time. And she's sitting in a lotus. And I find myself in these past couple of days, it's so it's so interesting you brought this up, where I have never seen in my time on this planet where people are not allowed to speak their truth yeah I've never really seen it where certainly I don't believe in making stuff up especially when it comes to health and well-being and I especially in psychology I don't believe in just don't make stuff up about stuff but I've never really seen a time where the largest media conglomerates in a mention of a word or maybe two words of an opinion about something medical will shut your network down. That's right. And I was stunned. And as a business owner, I look at that and I just looked at Mary. I've just said, Mary, I know you went through this stuff. I know you went through the whole shebang just like this. We didn't, you didn't have a YouTube. You didn't have a, a Facebook. You didn't have that. But you have critics. And you went through it and you watched it. How did you gain clarity? How did you gain clarity on what to do? How did you put your ego aside and learn compassion? And I think that is what you're reminding us of. You know, you're reminding us of someone who, and by the way, grandma was named Mary and my mother was named Anne.
0: Yeah. And I'm you know, telling you,
1: that, that's how much she was showing up in the family. God's
0: names really, really show up.
1: But tell me a bit about this, because yeah. I, I know that I've watched relatives drop to their knees and and not pray for a thing, but pray for a direction, or pray for a healing, or pray for a healing of others. I can can only tell you how many times I have watched my relatives go to the church once upon a time when you can actually light a candle. They still light candles in their homes. But once you can actually do it and go through that, I want to ask you this question and talk to you about it when we come back. By presenting this information, how do you feel about the energy? That it is let loose now. How do you feel about the freedom, even in a world, that if I said a certain word today, I guarantee you something negative would happen to my show? How do we hold on to the liberating magnetic motion of Mary that nothing can really silence. When we come back, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I know you studied it. Let's take a short break, Benny. Everybody, we'll be right back.
4: Hi, everyone. I'm the host of Nothing But Now, Mindful Living with Dr. Mary Angela McGuire on Transformation Talk Radio. I share ideas, insights, and tools you can use to release yourself from fearful and negative thinking and live from a place of clarity and confidence. Please join me in each show where we challenge ourselves to change together. Please go to my website, mcguirelifecoach.com. That's mcguirelifecoach.com. See you next time.
3: Hi, I'm Trish Laub from A Cup of Comfort where we talk about care hero topics that nobody wants to talk about. Here's your care hero tip of the day. During all care hero journeys, The need to keep track of a lot of information arises, some of it critical. Possibly the greatest challenge care heroes face is the gathering and organizing of information. Just as every trade has a power tool, whether an electric drill or a laptop, my family's care hero power tool was the three ring binder. We generated a mini library of labeled three ring binders, one for each category of information, complemented with additional spiral notebooks used to detail medical appointments and episodes. This unfussy and convenient system of binders helped my family stay organized and able to deliver the dignified care and end of life my parents desired. Tune into my show to learn more. See you on the second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 12 Pacific here on Transformation Talk Radio. Feel free to reach out to me at info at
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you. We're talking about the mystery tradition of miraculous conception. Um, and Dr. Marguerite, please let us know, again, how we can get a copy of the book, and also how do we find out more about you, about the mystery school, and how to work with you?
0: Yeah, great. So this book, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception, Mary and the Lineage of Virgin Births. Here it is. Uh, you can get it on the Inner Traditions website. That's the publisher, the very fine publisher. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Indie.com. And I just learned, as I mentioned earlier, that the Audible version, which is coming out April 27th, as we're recording, uh, is already available in advanced pur- for advanced purchase. The ebook is on sale for a limited time now uh, at $2.99. And the... The book itself, the paperback, is $16.99. It's available already in the US. It's coming out in Australia and the UK um, in May. And uh, my website is 7sistersmysteryschool.com. That's my organization that I founded in 2012. And I've been offering many, many courses, events. There are free audios, free videos. You can contact me. I also work one-on-one with people as a mentor for your, uh, your spiritual evolutionary path, uh, your sacred career path, and more. So you can go to that website and, and contact us. And, you
1: know, one of the things I want to say, and thank you for sharing all of that and, uh, you know, and also for paying forward a copy of the book and much more. I'm really struck by the detail in this book. And I, I want to talk about it a little bit before we talk about sort of a more global impact. And I was struck by everything from reading about Sarah, reading about Anne, and the way you've weaved this beautiful tapestry together in language that we can understand. That's what I was most impressed by. Um but I was also sort of struck by Mary in the temple. I mean, can you see how many people must be saying to you, what?
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> and sometimes that response does come. Yes, so, you know, I it, it, it warms my heart to hear that you can read it, and it feels like it flows, and it's it's easy to understand that complicated topics are suddenly you know you as a reader are a genius because you can understand it you know Um, my first two books are more academic and I think that's why there it's been a 12-year lag Uh, but I really wanted to make sure this book was accessible because I am talking about as you're mentioning this lineage of women These are not just isolated incidents that we happen to hear, um, you know, in the Hebrew Bible and and, uh, about Sarah, the, the wife of the biblical Abraham, who gave birth at elder year in her elder years to Isaac, about then Anne, who was introduced in, again, the infancy gospel of James, who in her elder years gives birth to Mary. Both of these women do not have sexual relations with their, with their partners. They are giving parthenogenetic birth, as it's called, to these children. And then Mary does the same thing with Jesus. And then it turns out that Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, is actually Anne's sister, according to the Islamic tradition. I talk about how the Muslims were were really up on this holy family as well and how Elizabeth in her elder years gives birth to John the Baptist again in virgin birth fashion and the intriguing thing about Elizabeth is that what I show is that she and Mary were part of eight women who did this divine conception ritual as a group They were two of eight virgins from the lineage of King David who were called to do this. So what I show is how and why this was a deliberate, conscious plan on the part of these women to bring forth these high holy avatars. Because it was understood in the ancient world that if you wanted a particular type of being, namely really a God who could walk among us, take human flesh, you had to do a certain type of conception ritual. And that's what I describe. And virginity was an important part of it. Okay. That's why Mary was a virgin, not because she was good. You know, um, virginity was a kind of a technology needed, a clarity of body, mind, spirit that was needed to bring in a high level being like this and Her time in the temple and really starting from infancy in her mother's sanctuary until she was three years old, she was being trained by these virgins and we are told that she communicated with the angelic realms, she received food from them, this is telling us that she was working at very high interdimensional levels. With these beings on the other side, she was getting trained in tremendous technologies to be able to have a divine conception in her body and bring forth one such as Jesus, who was the highest level being who was whoever came through. Because as I say at the beginning of this book and my other books, there are many women all over the world, historically and legendarily, Who gave birth in this way this Mm -hmm. is not new this is not only something that mary did or even her mother did um it's all over the world it's a technology it's a priestess practice there are trainings that have to do with the holy womb that a woman has to get really clear on how she connects up her body mind and spirit together working with those astral angelic realms in order to boom Bring in this avatar for the purposes of helping humanity deal with these forces that are related to what you were saying earlier. Why are we in so much turmoil right now? Because when they came to this planet, they saw the very same forces going on. They said, whoa, this planet needs a leg up. How can we help? Let's get this whole thing rolling We know we're taking risks because we know that a whole bunch of stuff is going to get connected with us that doesn't even have to do with the light, but we're going to do it anyway. But now, returning to your question, why, Mary, why, Magdalene? Why now? Because there
1: cannot be a mistake to this. You know, I, I just think, I so believe in divine let's call it divine logic, divine intuition, divine pathfinding, divine soul calling, divine, divine, divine. I believe in that because I look back at my life and if I didn't have as many divine interventions, I know I would not be here speaking with you today. I'm very clear about that. Um, But I've always looked at tough, tough times for us and somehow, some someone of ancient wisdom comes forward and bam. That's it. Right? I mean, they're here. It wasn't very fancy said, but I'm just.
0: Opening, they've always been here. But now when we have times of crisis, we tend to call on them more because we're like down on our knees. I don't know what other direction to go in. Holy cow, I'm really feeling nervous and worried about this situation. I've got death fears, whatever they are there and they will they will come in and you know more than that though pat it's the larger world such a whole world is in crisis now how did they get a whole entire world in crisis these forces wow that is quite a trick but they have done it it is the now moment it is the time of almost like the you know armageddon if you will which is really about just a great awakening it's not about it's a destruction rebirth right it's a death rebirth that's what we're in and in times of intensity like this we need these masters who are guardianing and guiding and mentoring the humans in this realm and it is it has been a divine timing because with the da vinci code and other things the veil came off mary magdalene now right. the are coming off on mary and there ha, there are you know other timings for how we're going to connect with jesus but the fact is and i always want to come back to this it's the time of the second coming that's that's within it is not that these beings are going to come down in a spaceship or be born and, you know, have a replication of what already happened. No, they're saying, look, we're here. Look at us. Look at, look at, we are models for you. We're not to be worshiped. Look in the mirror. You are that. Okay. I am that. I am. You look at Mary, you say, I am that. How can I be more that? How can I raise my heart vibration? My womb vibration, my intuition vibration to be more in alignment with you or Jesus. This is the second coming, this is the awakening, and this world crisis is providing a spur for some of us to go into that advanced timeline if we want it.
1: And you know, one of the things I'm really struck by in the book, I think it's towards the end. Um, you say the opening. Like paraphrasing, you say the opening has now happened for Mary. That's the, right. the opening has now happened for this truth to come through. That's and right. and and whenever I think of an opening, I believe it is in response to an energy or energies that are happening in a time we live in. Um, you know, I go back to my youth and I talked briefly about my stepmom who was. By all rights, she was an activist with blonde hair and big red lipstick and long red nails. And boy, we would march. And I never knew what we were marching about. Uh, Cigarette flying out of her mouth. And, uh, and, you you know, there's just so many stories now I have a different perspective Mm -hmm. about growing up. And I thought when I was growing up, That those would be the worst of times, Ah. right? No, as you when you're a kid and you're watching, you know, your friends being gunned down because they're standing up for something they believe in, or you happen to be at Stonewall one weekend and you're watching the police and you're what and you think, we've done that, and we haven't.
0: Well, you know what's happened, Pat, is a lot of that outward violence now has gone inward. It's oh. to psychic planes. And that's mm. what you're describing with the censorship, with the differences of opinion um, resulting in shutdowns and so forth of communication, with the character assassination. So these deaths are on the inner planes now. Okay, these beatings up are on the inner planes. And it's more global, really, um, than isolated to certain pockets, mm-hmm. okay? So I I started teaching about Mary 12 years ago, wow. right? Yeah. I, I I really, when my first books came out about ancient Greece, I already had the material on Mary. I was already giving slideshows and, and workshops and things like that, little bit by bit, here and there. Finally, I got the nudge to write this book, like it had to get written down and go in a bigger way, and it had to be accessibly written, and boom, what ends up happening? We all go on lockdown, I get my my book contract with Inner Traditions. Two weeks later, okay, last March, March 2020, now it comes out with another iteration of this crisis, and who knows what else is going to happen. But it's just so amazing how this is emerging now. And the relevance of this book is that this is about women's womb power and what we can say yes to, what we can say no to, and how we can work with these great masters to help us in these critical times when, when we have situations come upon us and we need that clarity, like you're talking about, she gives you clarity. When we need that heart opening, absolutely. When we're dealing with with uh, people that are that are totally opposed to us, or that we're opposed to, right? This is the initiation into the sacred heart of Jesus and Mary, right? We're in it now in in such a big way, and so that's why I think that the door is opening now to us to be able to understand Mary, first of all, starting with her divine conception abilities. And then through the other, the course that I have and a book that I'm going to be, you know, doing next year, looking at her more broadly, like what are her other abilities and how can we use her as our role model and our teacher so that we can have those abilities within us, you know, and, and there are, there are different technologies for conception that women need and want to know about. Um, going forward so that we can we can conceive more consciously and we can help this planet along by bringing in higher vibrational children to this planet. okay? So it's all part of a whole thing that's being unveiled, unfolded, rolled out now, And, you know, I'm just delighted to be part of it with this book coming out that that I was inspired to write.
1: And I want to comment on one thing, and it kind of blew by a little bit, and I I just want to be really clear to our listeners about this. And I've talked about my own dissertation and doctoral work a little bit here and there. I don't talk about it very much because I get post-traumatic stress disorder every time (laughs) I do. (laughs) Every time I do.
0: Academia Um, can be brutal.
1: I don't ever regret doing it. And I know I'm going to be doing something with that body of work because honestly, but I want to talk about what research is. Just for folks that may not know, when you write a dissertation, you're in front of a committee. You got probably a chair on there. You probably have an oversight committee, just like I did. And nothing, nothing leaves that school. Nothing gets published without the scrutiny of many eyes and dozens more fingers and edits. It doesn't happen, right? And I want to talk to that because when you say research... Yes. And dissertation. This is a body of work. And I could see you with arms filled with books and just trudging around, finding the little bit of a that's- footnote. And I'm going to have to get your dissertation because I, oh, yeah. I just I just have to see it. But that's what I want to really say here. Yeah. You and I may be talking about opinions at some level, but what you're bringing to the forefront in this book is decades of work you've done? Yes,
0: absolutely. Two two plus decades of work on some level. Um, it was a deep intellectual academic process that is really still going on. Yeah, and was one in which I applied my my academic chops to intellect to intuition. You know, I really was weaving both. There would there was a figure eight going on where I would read something, and it would spark a whole level of understanding. And then I would get a downpour of of information that I would then have to go and prove in the literature. So, you know, I've been doing that, you know, I, I, I did that, I chose going to the California Institute of Integral Studies in California, wow. precisely because I knew I was not going to be in front of a firing squad, the way you're talking about, and they were not going to control me and strong arm me. Okay. And, and I, I can spar intellectually with the best of them, you know, but I did it in my own way. Exactly. Safe environment where the, the life wasn't going to be squeezed out of it and the feminine wasn't going to be squeezed out of it, you see. And even so I had to be very careful about who I chose to answer the committee. Exactly. To <laughs> this day, I have mentors Many of my academic mentors have turned away from this book. Why? They cannot get with the idea that a woman could conceive in and of herself without male sperm. They can't go there. And even if they, and some of them are devotees of Mary, which is the strangest thing of all. So here I am. like It's a conundrum. Proposing but you see an intellectual way of understanding this, and they won't even look at it right? They won't even look at it. But so that's the pathway that
1: we, you're carving.
0: That's the pathway. I'm. That's
1: carving. the pathway. And you know, for us, we're grateful you did. Look, I knew that when I started this show in 2004, and the dean of my department at my school saw me standing out like this, and he thought I had crystals. He blacklisted me. And I didn't have crystals, but I thought, And the only way I knew about it was one of the students called me and said, hey, you know, he doesn't want me to study with you. And I said, like, why? Aren't you like standing with crystals? I said,
3: "Whoa,
0: like, so what? I know. So what? This is the thing. The forces of repression and patriarchal control come through every single institution, be it medical, religious, academic, social, what have you. This is what we're dealing with. And know. you know, there are some of us who are just totally pioneers, and we 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 go into those halls, we do what we need to do, and then we get out. And you know, this is the getting out, okay? It and is. Bring it out to the world and letting it have its ripples,
1: and let people decide. Let people decide. That's let right. people read it and decide. Uh, Dr. Marguerite, thank you so much for today. I really appreciate you and I'm sure we'll be speaking again. And by the way, I had to call on two of my favorite warrior priestesses today. I needed guidance and leadership. That's Mary Magdalene, Oh, that's who I call for that. Then I needed clarity in what my own belief system was and that's Mary. And the third was you today, to remind me that what we feel inside is relevant. Thank you, Dr. Marguerite, for everything.
0: Thank you for having me here, Dr. Pat. Really appreciate it and bless you.
1: And I wanna thank all of you for tuning us in. Benny, thank you for doing what you do. Olivia, thank you. We're gonna take a really short break. We've got another hour coming up. Boy, decisions. Facing yourself in the mirror and speaking your truth. Let's keep it rolling. We'll see you in a few minutes.